And good morning and welcome to a long overdue and <laughs> almost uh, slightly forgotten um, new episode of the Morning Star Journal. And as always, my name is Tariq. And wow, it has been whew, a crazy year. Can you believe it? We're at 2020 right now and it just seemed... Only yesterday that the year 2000 seemed to be something um, far off and in the future. Y2K, if I'm showing my age. Um, but now we're in 2020. And uh, lots of things changed, but few things have still stayed the same. So we'll kind of see where this goes maybe the next decade 2030 will bring something crazy and new but then again we've got a lot of crazy stuff going on um now this is it's been a while since i've actually put what put out a new episode um things have just been going crazy off and on work's gone crazy i've had to deal with getting a new car i'm now, actually, showing my age, I'm actually 40 now, um, and life just seems to be getting um, just strange at times, but um, I'm here, and before I ramble on too much, even though we're in a new year, and I'm trying to start off fresh by bring up a new episode because I hadn't done it in a while and I just feel like kind of trying to get back in the swing of things to see how things go. Um, I'm actually going to kind of do a gems episode of 2019. So this is just going to be movies because when I was thinking at first, I was looking back at some of the movies, I realized, oh, I hadn't seen this movie, hadn't seen this movie. But then when I started adding up the ones I did see, I realized, holy crap, I actually did see quite a few uh, movies here and there, um, along with TV shows. And that was like the bulk of things, because, you know, TV shows, of course, you got some things like Netflix that will be, you know, they'll come out all at once, so you binge that over the weekend or maybe for the week. And then a few shows, uh, such as... The Mandalorian that came out that um, took several weeks because they released it episodically or they released it once a week. And then there were a couple of uh, series that I jumped in on for the first time, like The Expanse. Uh, so a lot of those shows I definitely want to get into and talk about, but that's going to be um, a whole different segment as far as uh, gems, uh, TV gems, and even then I might have to uh, split that up because there's a whole lot of uh, TV shows I can talk about. But today, we're actually going to just kind of go into uh, movie gems. So, these are just movies uh, throughout 2019 that I saw, that I enjoyed, that I kind of feel either critically maybe not have gotten a good shake, or financially didn't make a lot of money, but I really enjoyed these movies, and I wanted to share um, the, uh, share these movies with you. Now, I won't be talking about anything big, so no... In game, you know I love that movie, and trust me, I can talk about that one. That's almost an entire um, <laughs> podcast on its own on just why I just enjoyed that movie from top to bottom. But these are, like I said, kind of lesser known ones that may have flown under some people's radar, and you know, just didn't get the recognition. And I hope that you know whoever's listening decides. Um, speaking of which, it seems that my last podcast seems to have picked up a lot, and I'm wondering if it's because I did title it The Mandalorian right when The Mandalorian was a hot topic, so it may have just been a, um, uh, kind of, uh, perfect storm scenario, because a lot of my other, uh, podcasts not listened to as much, um, which kind of... Uh, goes to the reason why I haven't really brought out anything new. Um, but that one did, so we'll see if this one can 
uh, pick up any steam, and if not, we'll kind of go from there. So a few things on me, still um, working, still working hard. Um, I am still actually playing. I've got the kind of jazz. Uh, blues playing in the background, but I am still playing bass right now and um, loving every minute of it. Um, I'm actually starting a few new songs with my instructor. Uh, we started talking about um, uh, Duck Dunn uh, once in the last couple weeks, and I've been kind of researching him, and of course, that led to Blues Brothers, so may have to... Um, that may actually be a retrospective I'll have to do. I'm going to have to try to find a copy of it, rewatch it, and maybe that'll be a fun uh, throwback episode. Because it's funny, I, I remember watching Blues Brothers a long time ago. And I remember excerpts of it. I remember seeing uh, Saturday Night Live skits. And of course, they were on tour for um, a number of years. So I did see a couple of things, you know, here and there where they aired. And of course, um, when they did the uh, sequel, uh, Blues Brothers 2000, um, they actually appeared uh, the prior year in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and did a performance. And it's funny, re-watching that, I realized, wow, I really took a lot from watching those shows because it's just their mannerisms, how they announce things, um, just their stage presence, how they look, how they act. Um, it's... It's kind of weird. It's almost like looking in the mirror. Not saying I mirror them exactly, but I definitely see hints where I took a lot of it. I may have subtly took a lot of inspiration from that. So um, I think it'd be interesting to go back to it. Now I probably will. But anyway, before we get to Ramlon, let me just go over uh, some of these. Like I said, these are gym. These are movies. Either they came out in theaters or. Um, it came on Netflix, but these are just uh, feature-length movies, and I probably won't go into too much detail, just a little bit on what I liked and why I think you should enjoy. So, um, no order, even though they're kind of order and release, a little bit, but not much. Uh, first one was um, Alita Battle Angel that came out last year in 2019. Um, Alita Battle Angel was really cool, just... Um, a live action interpretation of an anime series I thought done really well I hadn't seen the anime um, in a really long time I think the uh, the um, uh, anime came out back in the 90s and I may have seen maybe a glimpse of it I know I've seen the covers and stuff whenever I go to um, whenever I went to um, Best Buy, or actually, in that case, back in the 90s, if uh, people remember this, Media Play. Um, I remember seeing it in their anime section in Suncoast, if you can think that far back. Um, I remember seeing the covers of the animes before, but never really got into it. But I watched this movie, and I thought it was done really well. Um, I thought the CG was incredible, the world looked impressive and the acting all together um i think it was um and i may uh, get this wrong rosa salazar maybe was the main character with um oh who was it uh christoph waltz as the uh kind of main like doctor and everything and um it had Michelle Lee and Jennifer Connelly so it was a pretty cool cast and I thought the movie was a lot of fun a lot of action um you know some people may say it kind of tried to do more and set things up but I think it set up just enough I, th I think it it left a lot of things open and it um created a lot of doors but I think it closed them pretty well so I don't think it's as bad even though there was a final shot that was like Oh, you're really hoping for a sequel here. Um, but I don't think it was too bad. But I, th I think it was a lot better than um, actually something that came out um, a year before that, Mortal Engines, which tried to do um, kind of similar setups. But I think Aaliyah Battle Angel did it a lot better, and I definitely recommend that you can find it. 
Um, the next one I want to talk about, next two actually, um, were actually found on Netflix. Uh, first one is Triple Frontier. Um, this one what had is starring uh, Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, uh, Pedro Pascal, and I think possibly Charlie Hunnam. I may be wrong on that last one. I think he was in there. But basically, um, the story on that one are these ex-military uh, officers. I think um, Oscar Isaac is a uh, consultant, and he finds out about this um, kind of a, a you know warlord down in South America that has like these that has like all this cash basically like uh, mounds of cash and he brings in a team of um ex-personnel that he used to work with to um get to go to this guy's house and try to steal that money um basically you know they kind of do all this research they find out when he's out they storm the place they get there and they find out there's way more money than they expect. And then, you know, there's these conflict of, you know, like how much they try to take, how much they try to keep. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are either down on their luck or they really need the cash. So, like, you know, some are just, you know, okay, we'll just grab a few bags and go. But some want to try to take everything. So, it's really, um, it was it was a pretty good movie and I liked it. There's a few surprises here and there. So, it's not too bad. If you have time on Netflix, definitely watch it. Another one that I actually found out really good was Highwaymen. Um, High Women is another Netflix original, um, starring Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. And I'm trying to remember who exactly they were. I think they were real life, um, uh, U.S. Marshals. Uh, basically the story of your Highwaymen are these two, are basically the hunt for Bonnie and Clyde. So, basically in the movie, it's kind of the height of Bonnie and Clyde's, um, infamy, uh, slash, um, you know, their crime spree in a sense where they had been going around, you know, killing different people and just kind of running amok and, um, government just having a hard time trying to track them because a lot of people, you know, a lot of the common people were seeing them as these kind of, uh, folk, um, heroes in a sense, but, you know, they really were these criminals killing people. And, um, uh, I think it's Kevin Costner's character, who's this, um, uh, out of service marshal who is retasked to try to bring him in. And then he lists, uh, Woody Harrelson uh, as his partner uh, they eventually get a couple of other guys to help them out and it's kind of this journey of these um, guys who are you know well you know they're pretty old and considered past their prime getting back into a business that um, could very well kill them and but at the same time they're getting back to something they know rather than um, Kevin Costner who's kind of just sitting at home and uh, Woody Harrelson who's also sitting at home like kind of lamenting about their past and what they did before um, but I thought it was a really cool movie it's slow at a few parts um, they do a really interesting job where, so you're following these two guys as they're trailing Bonnie and Clyde in their um, mayhem, and you'll see things done by Bonnie and Clyde, but they don't actually show you Bonnie and Clyde. I thought that was an interesting way of doing it, where we never see their face. You always see, every time they did something, you saw it from either um, one of the crew that Bonnie and Clyde pick up, or you kind of see it from like afar, or you kind of get it from the victim's point of view, but you never really see their faces and they don't really talk too much. And I thought that was an interesting way of doing it. Uh, but Highwaymen, that was a good one. Um, uh, getting back to uh, more action, we've got uh, Triple Threat. Uh, this one is a a foreign film that starred a lot of a foreign, uh, like martial arts action stars that I've been made familiar with, uh, including Tony Jaa, Iko 
uh, uh, Tony Jaa, who's from the uh, Think Protector, and um, oh, what was the other one? I think Unbok series. Um, Eco Wife, who's from the Raid series, uh, known from the Raid series, and Tiger Chen. I know I've seen him on several things, but I can't think of the top of my head. But it was a, but it's a, uh, but uh, Triple Threat. It's a foreign kind of action star, and it's it, it it's kind of random in which like the main kind of force is this military group. And I try to remember what they do. They they're they're really up to no good because they're like hired by somebody to um, cause this like destruction. And then each of these three guys, Tony Jaw, Eco Wise, and Tiger Chen, they're three different like levels. Like one's an ex military guy, one's kind of this random uh, passerby, and they just all get brought, they all get kind of sucked into this. Um, military, uh, this mercenaries groups mayhem and they end up like fighting them off and like fighting against them in certain ways and protect it, trying to protect people. It's a pretty cool action series or action movie. I definitely recommend it. It's called Triple Threat. Uh, next one, this one probably got a lot of money and it did get critically well. So, you know, it doesn't need any help from me, but I still enjoyed it. I know a lot of people haven't watched this series. It's John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. So this is the third of the John Wick series, and each one just kind of builds on, like, the... Okay, I say the uh, the uh, level and craziness and also the world building. Um, I th- I've, I've talked about the John Wick series before, so, you know, the first one is a kind of a basic revenge plot where... A group of thugs basically kill his dog, beat him up, and steal his car. And he goes on this revenge to kill those guys, which brings him back into the criminal world that he left behind. Second one, now that he kind of made, kind of, he made some noise coming back, there's a couple people who want to cash in on favors that John Wick owed that before when he left the business or left the world uh, they were okay to leave him alone but now that he's back they want to kind of cash in on certain favors and that leads to him being in deeper which in this one John Wick 3 he's basically made an enemy of uh, what's called the the high table which is the uh, ruling body of all these assassins that he's worked with um, such a fact that he is exiled from the Continental, which is the main kind of um, hotel rest spot slash, um, you know, place where you can, uh, you know, get weapons or info or intel and things like that. He's been exiled from all their services. Uh, he's got assassins all over the city, all over the world. Um, willing to collect the money to kill him and he's just trying to find a way to survive, to live. And it gets crazy action. Uh, He goes all over the city, ends up actually going to um, Casablanca. Um, He just... uh, Not Casablanca, geez. He, uh, He does travel like around almost like around the world he actually ends up in a, in the middle of a desert all just trying to survive and it leads to a crazy fight going back to the continental again um if you're really into the action series like i said i think it's done really well keanu reeves really does pull this role off amazingly and um and yeah, he is getting old. You can kind of tell at certain times because there's uh, one instance where he has to uh, fight two actors that I know worked in the Raid series and that are extremely good and well choreographed. And you can almost tell that they have to uh, slow things down uh, and compensate for Keanu Reeves because, you know, even though they can beat him up, like in the in the scope of the story, of course, they 
they do beat them up a little bit, but you can tell that they can't do too much. Where if it was like some actual fight, they would just kind of mop the floor with him. Uh, but they have to, John Wick has to at least win, or at least look like he's about to win that round. So, but um, but other than that, and it does very well lead to a uh, fourth one that will be coming out, I believe, next year. Um, I think so, but um, it's definitely worth watching this one. So, John Wick, Chapter 3. So, this next one is a little bit of a guilty pressure because I did enjoy Godzilla in uh, the 2014, even though you didn't see him that much, but it just had um, some amazing shots, like when... It first pans up when you first see Godzilla and then like um, how they did the atomic breath I thought was done really well. It maybe not completely but it kind of made up for the lack of seeing him. And then of course you had Kong Skull Island which I thought was really well done um, which came out later and that and it in that movie in the in the uh Post credits, it kind of um, it shows that it's in that same universe with Monarch and pictures of Godzilla and other monsters. Well, this was that movie, King uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and in this one we have this uh, team of um, you have Monarch who tries to tell the government, hey. Godzilla isn't the only thing out there. There's others, and we need to research it, but we need to kind of, you know, keep our distance. But the government is kind of like, yeah, we don't, um, yeah, we don't really believe that there's too many of them out there. Mars not trying to tell them there is. But then there's this other group, and of course, while I'm recording, people are wanting to send me messages. So you probably heard a beep. <laughs> Over my phone going off, so definitely apologize about that. I have to remember to put that on fire on um, silent next time. But anyway, um, Godzilla King of Monsters. You have, oh my goodness, you couldn't wait. Anyway, um, King of Monsters. You have this um, ex-military group, which seems to be a running trend on all these different movies I'm watching. But anyway. Um, they want to release all the monsters and have them run amok, kind of a um, cleanse the earth, give it back to them. And they release King Ghidorah. And if you're a Godzilla fan, you'll know that one as the three-headed dragon of the Godzilla you know, universe way back when. And this thing is a beast. And even though a lot of the movie is at night so it's like okay you had to do at night to kind of cover the special effects i thought this movie was really cool and it gave me exactly what i wanted because i didn't care about the human parts because yeah whatever and granted it's not the best they kind of they kind of ham it up a lot in this movie but they did not skip on the monster fighting. And there's some amazing fighting with uh, Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra. That's the main ones that get in on the fight. And there's also a few cameos here and there of a couple others. Um, but I thought this movie was actually done really well. I had a lot of fun with it, and I hope that there's going to be more. Now they are making a a Godzilla versus King Kong, even though he does pull off like a really crazy move in this one. They kind of like, I don't know how King Kong will be able to stand up against it, but I kind of look at it like, okay, if if, uh, Godzilla, if you want to come here, Godzilla to um, Iron Man. Then King Kong is Captain America. Uh, Short sure, Godzilla has some OP moves and some crazy range, but uh, King Kong is uh, nimble. He's quick. He's also smart. And if you watch the Skull Island, he does like will use the environment and use weapons. Like he makes like a sword and spear out of a tree trunk. 
Um, you know, he'll use his environment to his advantage. So it's like, yeah, Godzilla's got that flame breath. And like I said, you watch the movie, he's got a couple other like really OP moves. But at the same time, King Kong might be able to um, give him one hell of a fight. So it'll be interesting. But Godzilla King of Monsters, I recommend If you like monster movies, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, this one was kind of a toss-up. I was like, ah, do I mention this one? Do I not? I kind of liked it, but it was kind of silly, and it was Shaft, and and, I, and Shaft I thought was kind of funny because for one they just called it Shaft, which is like you had two other movies called Shaft that you're not going to call it something else like Shaft Returns or Shaft Strikes Back or just. Uh, uh, new sh- just something but just to call it shaft and then have it like 2019 it's like ugh, come on we could do something with this. but anyway and at first i thought okay they're gonna kind of retcon it and i mean talk about it. no they they tried to include that the shaft 2000 movie is part of this continuity and then of course it also relates back to the original shaft so it's crazy, and you get a point where you get all three uh, generations of Shaft because most of this movie, you have his son, who um, his wife, during basically a stakeout, um, uh, and she's there with him, or at least it seems like it's a stakeout, and it's just with him. Somebody shoots at the car, and it turns out that someone's in the car, and his wife was like, okay, this is too much you are putting our son in danger so she leaves him and he grows up to actually be a i believe fbi agent or analyst uh but you know he's actually a full agent and he has some moves on his own too so that's why i was like this was pretty good because they didn't play it as he's a straight analyst or geek no he has moves he has abilities he just doesn't have the street moves that his dad has. And they kind of play Samuel L. Jackson a little bit. Like, he's more reserved in a 2000 movie. And then in this one, he kind of acts how you would have expected an older sh- a, a Shaft before that movie to act. So, like I said, the way they have him act is kind of weird. But I thought it was all right. So, I, I'll put that as a gem of last year um another one um this one with uh dave batista and i'm gonna say this name wrong and i apologize uh kumal nananji uh or nanji nanji uh nanjiani sorry kumal nanjiani i apologize uh stuber (laughs) so this one where kumal plays uh this um a guy named Stu who runs a Uber service and he's also like a uh, regular retail worker. But then Dave Batista is this uh, police officer who uh, recently got, um, or who's going in for, I believe he's going in for surgery and he, he's got some drops on his eyes so he can't see very well. But he calls an Uber, but he's also trying to crack this case. So he kind of drags Stuhl's hog on this like wild hijinks of case and they you know cooperate slash hate each other it's kind of the buddy cop thing and I admit like I I wanted to see it in the theaters but I didn't have a chance and the reviews were kind of like a lot of them were slamming it but when I finally saw it I enjoyed it so I thought it was pretty cool so if you have a chance Stuber with uh, Dave Bautista and Kamal Nananji or Nanjiani, sorry. Um, I definitely recommend it. Um, another <laughs> action one that was also just way more. Well, I knew it was going to be over the top, but as far as how over the top, I wasn't quite prepared. And that is Hobbs and Shaw. So from the Fast and Furious uh, franchise, you got The Rock or Dwayne Johnson as um, Shaw, who is this, uh, trying to remember what agency he is supposed to be from. And they kind of make it, and after, uh, I think when he first appears in 
uh, Fast Five, they kind of make it nebulous as far as what government agency. He's just a government agent. And then you've got uh, Jason Statham as Shaw, who's this um, kind of British hitman slash... He is basically the transporter. I mean, that's... It's... It's basically The Rock as a military officer, take it from any movie, and Jason Statham as a British uh, hitman slash transporter, take it from any movie, throw these two guys together. And the action is over top and crazy, along with, um, you got Ildris Elba as their... uh, (laughs) Is there a bad guy that they're kind of fighting and going against? And the action is just crazy over the top. And the comedy is pretty good. It's even got two, uh, actually three different uh, guest star appearances that I did not see coming. And I won't tell you who actually shows up in this movie. But if you have a chance, watch Hobbs and Shaw. It is quite, uh, quite hilarious. It's not too bad. Uh, another one I saw that I thought was really well shot was Ad Astra. So this one um, is more of a uh, space movie with Brad Pitt where um, he is tasked to locate his father who's played by Tommy Lee Jones. And his father was in charge of this kind of research station out in deep space. I think off one of the moon, uh, near uh, Neptune. Um, but he went dark and he releases a, basically this electrical storm that um, hits, basically that travels and hits Earth and causes a whole lot of malfunctions. And he releases like this kind of ultimatum or something that makes makes the government like, okay, we need to find this guy. And, you know, we had this research project he was a part of and we need to stop him. So Brad Pitt has to go out and try to talk him down and, you know, try to get him back. And it's a really um, kind of heartfelt, um, you know, journey, but it's got some crazy effects like some crazy space effects, because this is more like kind of real life space effects. So I mean, they they take um, you know they're on a space they're on a like a like a, what we think of a space station now, not like a futuristic station. Not like we're not talking like Star Trek or Star Wars type. We're talking about more you know a more grounded type thing of like near future type, kind of like a Martian, if you will. Um, and they're, they travel through, you know, space and it takes like a long time, like weeks or even months to kind of get to, um, you know, uh, native planets like Mars and um, out farther. And it's a really um, amazingly shot, beautiful movie. I definitely recommend it. Definitely recommend go seeing it. Uh, another one, and this one was a long one. Again, we're going back to... Uh, Netflix was The Irishman. Now, it a lot of people probably have heard it now because The Irishman was set up for like a lot of awards and I don't really watch the um, Oscars or whatever, so I don't know what, I don't know if or what it won, but Irishman is not too bad. It's got a really crazy cast, um, including Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, along with a host of other people. There's even a surprise um, uh, uh, actress that shows up that I wasn't expecting and hadn't seen her for years. But she doesn't have like a big role. She kind of shows up um, a little bit later in the uh, movie because the movie kind of takes place over it's kind of telling the story of uh, Frank Sheeran who was a mafia hitman so it just kind of goes over his life in general and his um, you know um, how he gets how he gets into that job the different hits he was a part of or um, almost took place um, it includes uh, you know um, was it uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa um, is a big 
uh, portion of it. And like I said, um, there's quite a few like kind of stellar casts in it. Now, the one thing I will say though that it is long because it goes through a lot of different details of his life and it takes up a lot of time. So this may be one of those that you want to set up like, uh, you know, kind of be prepared, maybe have like this intermission where he could go out for lunch or um, it's definitely going to take a while. And if you can sit through the whole, I think it's like over, it's almost like three and a half hours, almost four so if you can go through the whole thing in one sitting, you know, power to you, but uh, be prepared for this one. But it is pretty good. Um, next one, and this one also um, was up for a lot of awards, but I really enjoyed this was in theaters, was Ford v. Ferrari. And this one was amazing. So this one's on uh, Matt Damon, plays um, Carol Shelby, I believe. And Christian Bale plays Ken Miles. And um, Shelby, of course, um, was an ex-driver who um, is tasked by the Ford company to build a Ford racing car for the Le Mans race. Um, and um, Matt Damon or Shelby decides to enlist help of uh, Christian Bale or Ken Miles. And, of course, Ken Miles is a, um, you know, expert driver, um, but kind of rough around the edges. Uh, so, um, he's kind of a pain to work with, and, and the people who work with Ford just, you know, don't want him. You know, like, he's not a corporate guy. He's not a Ford guy. So, they just want to, um, you know move on without him but you know Shelby's like no you know if you want this to work if you want to really beat Ferrari in this um you know in, in a in a competition that they have been winning and that they're kind of the king at then you're gonna need um not only my help but you're gonna need Miles help and it's a really kind of touching story on how these two guys were actually a small group because it's like a mechanic garage but they're like kind of the focus on how they kind of build this car they make it better and then also the hurdles of trying to um kind of uh deal with the red tape of ford and you know getting um getting vehicle and actually getting to lamar and then having ken actually race it so all in all i thought it was a really cool movie i really enjoyed it um the ending, I didn't know a lot about the true history, so when the end came up, it came to me as a bit of surprise. Um, if you know the true history, you probably will know where it's going to go, where it's going. Um, won't give anything away for um, people who, who haven't seen it yet, but it was really touching and I really liked it. I actually brought something to drink this time, so I'm not... <clears throat> Kill myself. No. Um, the next one that came out, um, which kind of came out, it was, it was a big deal at first because the Russo brothers who did, um, who directed uh, Infinity War and Endgame were producers and it starred Chadwick Boseman, but unfortunately it didn't get too much fan where it came out and kind of just disappeared. It was 21 Bridges. And in this one, uh, Chadwick Boseman plays a police officer or detective, and he stumbles upon uh, this scene where several officers have been killed. And, you know, they deduce that the um, gunmen were experts um, or that they they were able to because they were able to not only kill these officers, but also kind of get away from the scene and evade um, you know, initial, uh, contact with, um, uh, officers who were responding and it was this manhunt throughout, um, believe Manhattan on trying to catch these guys. And I thought it was a pretty good police drama. It's not too bad. Um, there's a few twists and turns. There's quite a few, uh, special guests that were a little bit of a surprise. Um, not just like a who's who on Marvel side, but, um, 
just uh, different actors in general. And I thought it was a really, you know, solid movie. It wasn't like the greatest blockbuster didn't change the genre, but I thought it was a fun movie and uh, and I really enjoyed it. So if you do have a chance, um, definitely check out uh, 21 Bridges. Uh, like I said, it's with uh, Chadwick Boseman, I believe uh, J.K. Simmons is in it, uh, C. Anna Miller, um, and a couple other um, actors. Uh, Taylor Hitch is also in it. It's not too bad. I liked it. Um, another one I saw that I thought was a lot more fun than I expected. I, I knew it was going to be a fun movie, but um, how much fun was Knives Out? So this one is, if you remember the old Clue movie, this is this kind of murder mystery where uh, this, um, where a, a mystery suspense writer is killed in his home. And it's this uh, long drawn out kind of um, text story on who did it. And, you know, why? Because it was, he, he was having this family gathering of, like, uh, his, his uh, big extended family. But everyone had their own, like, little reasons here and there from his uh, children and his grandchildren uh, to kind of their spouses. And everyone had, like little, like, little things here and there. Not that they hated him, but, like, in some cases... Um, because he had this big empire, this uh, kind of book empire that he uh, started up, and some people he was letting go, some people he was cutting off uh, for different uh, reasons, and um, Daniel, uh, yeah, Daniel Craig plays a detective, which I always think is funny whenever, because I, I'm so used to seeing him in uh, the James Bond series, that when he plays a southern, a uh, uh, United States, I should say, or American, with a kind of Tennessee, North Carolina, like southern accent, it's always, uh, <laughs> it's always a trip, and I always think it's funny, because like, if you ever see him in um, Logan Lucky was another one, um, I always thought that he just, he just looked like he's having fun, and in this one, it just looks like he's having fun doing it, and it's always fun watching an actor do that whenever they get some role that maybe you don't see him in normally, and they're just having fun with it. But this is another one that's a crazy cast. Um, speaking of uh, going back to Avengers, Chris Evans is in it. Definitely on a definitely not Captain America in this one. Um, that's kind of like, uh, what was it? Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, um, man, there's just a whole list of actors and actresses in this movie, and it's uh, crazy on who done it. And they do a kind of fun job where we find out pretty quickly on who did it, but then it becomes a mystery on why it was done. And then also you're invested on the cover up too. And you'll see, and if you ever get a chance, definitely watch that one. I can't remember if that one was up. It should have been up for awards, but I don't think it was, or at least not as many as it should have been, but it's definitely a fun movie. And I recommend knives out. Um, another one, uh, going back to Netflix, is Six Underground. This one is on Netflix. This one's by Michael Bay, and it stars Ryan Reynolds. And this one, as I categorize it, is the most Michael Bay film I think you'll ever see. And not only is it the most Michael Bay film, but it's the most Michael Bay film that he's not hampered with being PG-13. Now, luckily, that doesn't mean that there's too much like gore per se and um not too much oh, can I say excessive uh <laughs> in certain situations but it is over the top in a lot of instances like and it, and it is also a movie that it starts the ground running like you are like from the very from the opening uh uh, credits, 
you were in a high-speed car chase in the middle of the city with one person that has like a gunshot wound that's uh, spurting all over the place. Somebody else is trying to patch her up. Another guy is trying to open up this uh, safe inside this car, and they're being chased by several armed men, and then they and then they're helped by this guy who's parkouring on the rooftops. It is bonkers. It's crazy, but it is so much fun. Um, if you just want to have fun, like they say, you know, a popcorn drama, Six Underground takes the cake. And I definitely recommend this one. So, yeah, if you just want, like I said, Michael Bay at his finest, in my opinion, watch this movie. Um, next to the last one, it's actually the last one on my list, but there's one more that I want to add because even though I just saw it, I, I want to kind of count it for 2019, um, just because it's so recent. Um, but the next to the last one is Uncut Gems. Now, this is an Adam Sandler film by, uh, uh, like A24 Studios. This is like a kind of, um, subtle drama where he's playing a jewelry owner slash compulsive gambler, and you're just going through his day, like, paying off these different people. He's making these bets. He's um, cashing in, like, these different items. Um, you know, he'll he'll get an item from one person, turn it to cash, use the cash for a bet, um, try to... Um, get the money from that bet to make a bigger bet. And then all in all, you've got all these different people who are um, either wanting their money or wanting their stuff back. And then he has to, you know, travel between them. And he's dealing with um, basketball players and um, other jewelry um, owners, low-key jewelry owners, some case criminals. And it is a crazy, frantic movie. But it is so enjoyable and it's one of those that Adam Sandler shows that, like, he's not just... Even though he's been depicted in a certain light as far as his comedy spirits, he has these moments of, like, genuine acting that you that a lot of people just tend to forget. Um, I'm trying to remember the other one he did a few years ago. But it's like, ever so often, he brings out these really impressive dramas. And you're like, man, why does he just... Do this a little bit more often. Not a whole lot, but just maybe just a little bit more often. But I don't know. Uh, but it's a really great movie. I highly recommend it. Last one before, because this is going pretty long already, um, is 1917. Now, technically, I think this movie did come out limited theaters back in Christmas, which is why it was up for Oscar nominations now, because it technically did come out last year. But it came out wide release, I think, a couple weeks ago. And I finally saw it. And this is a an amazingly shot movie. It's very heartfelt, because the core of the movie, if you haven't seen it, or haven't heard about it, is is during World War I, 1917, of course, and you've got these two British shoulder, soldiers, and they're given a mission to um, go through the German front lines and um, pass a, a message to the um, British uh, general in that area to hold off their attack, because they believe that the Germans are actually lying in ambush and they're scheduled for an attack. And if they go through with it, then around 1,600 men will die, including one of the two soldiers, his brother, is part of that battalion. Um, So they have to, you know, get there at all costs. So, and you are just following these two guys through, like, the trenches, through the area, of course, called No Man's Land, and um, through different um, uh, ruins and cities, and or I should say towns, really, and trying to get this message to hold off this attack. And what's impressive is that it's all done uh, seemingly in kind of one take. So there are no, if not, there's no visible cuts throughout the whole movie. So once you zoom, so once we zoom in to these two guys and when you first see them, 
not much of a spoiler, but when you first see these two guys, they're kind of just, you know, taking a taking a breather and lounging against this tree. From the moment um, a sergeant comes up and kind of taps them on the shoulder to that they've they got orders and you you are following them through through it all. And it's amazing. It's heartfelt. It's a war movie, so there's certain stereotypes you know are going to come up and going to happen. Some that I think that they don't do, but the ones they do, um, definitely for me, it just kind of, you know, hit me right in the you know right spot to kind of uh, make me a little bit misty-eyed a few times. But that was a really good movie. I recommend it. Um, <clears throat> it's probably a little bit too late to see it in any kind of like IMAX or Dolby, which is definitely a shame. But even if you can see it in a regular theater, I highly recommend it. 1917. Um, a drink. And that's going to be it for me on all this. So, so many movies. And this isn't even... All of them. There's a bunch of movies that I unfortunately missed that I just either didn't have time or I just didn't um, see last year that I really want to. And hopefully I get a chance to see them to see if they're any good. And this isn't counting the TV shows. And there are a bunch that came out. Not only just, um, you know, either follow-up seasons or closing seasons, but new shows that also appeared and shows that I didn't really... Um, think about that uh, somebody at work watched and recommended that I started watching that I thought were really good. So that's going to be a whole new episode where I go into uh, different TV shows of 2019 and just kind of go over the um, all the crazy shows I've seen there. But I want to thank anyone who decided to take a little bit of time or a lot of time in this case to listen to me ramble about all these different movies and if you do if you are listening and you want to send me a suggestion or um, you have some movies or maybe uh, some of the movies I mentioned you want to make a comment on please by all means you know send them to me I'm gladly take any feedback as well as anything that I can make this uh, better podcast or just um, things that I can improve on. You can always um, leave a voice message with um, on Anchor, or you can send me a message either directly at the Morningstar Journal at gmail.com. Then that's all spelled out, no spaces. The Morningstar Journal at gmail.com. You can also reach me on Twitter at the Morningstar Journal. Journal spelled J R N L. So at Morning, spelled out, star, S-T-A-R, and then journal, J-R-N-L. Thank you, as again, uh, um, thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone has a great weekend. We are almost over halfway past January, so this month, this year is going to go by quicker than you think. Um, Have a great day. Try to stay uh, warm if you're anywhere in North Carolina because it seems like it's going to be cool. And I'll hopefully catch y'all later. Peace.